0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of With Joy, a self-improvement podcast with dynamic life experiences of amazing successful people across the world. Today, I'm talking to Vicky Yap from England, who was an LSE graduate and transitioned into working within mental health as an anxiety and procrastination coach. Within the past year, she's lived on three continents and she also hosts an anxiety-centric podcast with over 60,000 downloads. Let's go on in and have a chat with her. Hi Vicky, how are you doing? I'm good, how are you? I'm doing great, as good as you can be during COVID-19 at least. Vicky, if you don't mind, can you please tell me a bit about yourself?
1: Yeah, of course I don't mind, that's what I'm here to do, hey? (laughs) So, a bit about me. I am currently living in south of France. This is actually my fourth country in 14 months, kind of by accident. but. I <laughs> can explain that another time. Um, I'm a coach specializing in anxiety and procrastination. I also certified as a Zumba teacher for fun um, a while ago. My background was actually finance and investment and technology. Yeah, I'm really am passionate about helping people get out of their own way and understanding their own brain because I think that there's so many solutions that the world needs. And I think they come from us, the people. So that's my real passion is helping like ambitious high achievers manage their anxiety and procrastination so that they can go out there and create amazing things all
0: of needs I'm curious, Vicky, how did you, you know, transition from a finance background to something like mental health?
1: So I'd always wanted to work with people and help people. So I started in like socially responsible investment and then I was like, oh, I want more people interaction. So I went into the relationship side and then the sales side. And it was never really quite helping people because I guess you want to be believing that what you are selling, like you're connecting with and you genuinely think it's going to help it was something that i'd even thought about in school but back then no one spoke about coaching so it was like be a psychiatrist and i didn't want to do medicine literally that's just like the simple truth (laughs) um and i was good at maths i was like economics let's go and then I went to a really good school, then I got a job in finance and it was just like, my whole path was laid out for me, like a successful path. And I just reached a point in my career where I kept trying to like find the thing. And eventually I was like, I know, I'm gonna leave the stable successful career and go pursue my purpose. And I may not make it, but I'm gonna do it anyway and i kind of reached breaking point like 2016 2015 2016 was just like yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna let go of the the comfort blanket the security blanket and lean into what i want to create and see what happens
0: yeah and to pursue something you always wanted even though you have such a wonderful road laid out for you i think you know i really got to applaud you for having that courage it's hard (laughs) and why specifically did you choose to go into anxiety of Mm -hmm. all fields within mental
1: health. So really good question, because I didn't actually choose it at first and then it kind of chose me. Oh. Um, so i actually started out just like general life coaching and then uh and people would actually come to me and ask me for coaching on anxiety and my response was i don't think coaching is going to help because like what i've heard about anxiety is like you know it's this really serious thing maybe you need to go to a doctor medication i just like believed all the hype and then fast forward a few months and i was waking up with panic attacks on a daily basis except i didn't even know what they were at the time. I was just waking, right? Oh I was just waking God. up with this like shortness of breath, sweat everywhere, unable to breathe, feeling dizzy, mm-hmm. like on a daily basis. And my partner, who's now my husband, was the one who said to me, like, I think after two weeks, he was like, "Listen, how you wake up in the morning? I don't think it's normal." <laughs> <laughs> Only and took two like, weeks. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, oh, Like, what? What?" and I actually asked a friend um, and spoke about it and she was like, it just sounds like anxiety. And I was like, but then I'm getting on with my life. Everything that I knew about it was this like extreme case. And then I went to Dr. Google, um, which we all do, even though we know we shouldn't. WebMD. (laughs) Right. And what I was reading was things that just didn't make sense. Things like one in 20 American adults will suffer from an anxiety disorder. And my brain was like, twenty percent of a population size of a hundred million like i don't know the exact number but let's say 100 million i'll be around that or more isn't a disorder it's a trend like nowhere else in my statistics background was that like a disorder that was like a clear trend which told me that like there has to be a reason why it exists um and then i started looking into evolutionary biology and all of that stuff Even when you look up what is anxiety, the definition, it says something along the lines of anxiety is a feeling of worry, apprehension, and overwhelm. And -hmm. I was like, what does that even mean? How do I know when I'm overwhelmed or when I'm anxious? Like, it's so unclear. It's one of the things that I do with my clients. We redefine it. For their specific experience but you know there's just a lot of confusing misinformation mm-hmm. and when i was like that person sat on side i already had life coaching tools and then i went into the science and you know understanding about our brains and understanding about our evolution and really like it just shifted my whole experience and i was like more people need to know this and then you know a lot of people come to me Believing that they're broken, something needs to be fixed. Like all of this dialogue that they've carried around with them for sometimes like ten years, if not longer. Right, right. And and that totally impacts like their potential and what they're doing in the world.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure that, like you said, the statistics. Well, it's kind of funny because you come from that finance background. That's what propelled you in handy. forward.
1: It came oh and went. Worth yeah.
0: it. <laughs> I mean, you know, some might say that's even destiny that you, <laughs> you walk down this path as someone who is constantly talking about anxiety to different people. Were there instances where I'm sure you personally got more into control of your own state or your mental mindset, were there any instances where you felt like, despite knowing you had anxiety or despite going down this path, you still could not control any aspects of it?
1: I wouldn't say that I couldn't control any aspects of it, but my last panic attack was June. Um, and like, I wouldn't mind if I had one again, genuinely, that's how I feel about it. My last one was June uh, 2019. Like I was already, you know, coaching people on their procrastination and their anxiety and their and all this kind of thing. Right. And um, it was just a completely different experience to those early days like it came so suddenly like anxiety is a normal part like it's just a hormonal reaction like nothing's gone wrong when we Mm -hmm. experience anxiety um so I knew that, like, I needed to make sure I was sat down. The window was open. My head was between my legs. Make sure I was like breathing out. Like those were the things for me because I got very hot, very dizzy. You know, a shortness of breath. So I just sat there doing, doing it, and all it was going through my head was, I know exactly what's happening. I know exactly why it's happening. I know exactly what to do about it, and I know it will pass because by that point I had, you know, so many anxiety attacks, panic attacks that it was like they always finish it just changed the whole experience compared to the first one, right? It's like, I don't know what's happening. I don't know why it's happening. I don't know what to do about it. I don't know if it will end. And that's where most people sit. We don't understand. Like we're not really taught Mm -hmm. to like make that transition.
0: Right. So this apprehension that you had, do you ever have some sort of trigger to this or is this just something very spontaneous for you? Does it have any, experiences incorporated as part of these attacks?
1: Yeah, like it was one of the things that I teach my clients to do is to really pinpoint why it's happening. Um, Even when we think it's spontaneous, our brains are just super powerful and super quick. And we have like our conscious thoughts, which are thoughts we're choosing to think, and then our subconscious thoughts, which like so deeply programmed. I mean, we have 60,000 thoughts every single day. And it could be something as simple as like a car driving by and you knowing someone that was in a car accident, I like something like that, where you're like, I don't know, it came from nowhere, but we're just not aware of all the things. Sometimes it doesn't matter why, and sometimes it does. It depends on where the clients are when I speak to them. For me, yeah, I was always able to identify, like, I know why it's happening. Even if it took me me time. That's part of how we unravel it and just, like, normalize it, I guess.
0: I mean, you're someone who is constantly putting yourself out there. And I know you are also somewhat of a public speaker yourself. So during those moments, did you ever feel intense anxiety or like just worrying about messing up as you performed or something like that?
1: I love sharing the story because it just came at a point where I was already managing like my thoughts, my mindset and all of this amazing stuff. But a few years ago, I was about to public speak and I was already a coach. I was already using the tools and I was walking onto the stage and in that like 30 second window, right. when I was walking onto the stage, it was like my anxiety just like shot up and I was like, what's happening? We already spoke about this. We decided it was going to be fine. We remember that we knew everything <laughs> we were going to say. We talked literally, I was like, what is going on? And our initial instinct is to like, argue with the anxiety and just like shut up this is not the time why are you here Mm -hmm. and as i was walking i obviously had 30 seconds i didn't have time to like normally i would like grab a piece of paper and like write it out and like just self-coach a little bit and i just zero time and as I'm walking I feel like the heat rising and like I'm about to start sweating and maybe getting dizzy <laughs> and, the shoulders of, and I'm like oh my god and it's like everything's in slow motion as I got there to speak I, I just realized like I've not got time to argue with this mm-hmm. I'm just gonna allow it to be here and then and then a new thought came into my head which was like wait My brain thinks I'm gonna die. That's what anxiety is, right? It's like a survival. Our brain releases hormones so we can run faster and feel less pain and be more alert. Like it literally thinks it's saving our life and obviously not relevant for public speaking. I started to think like, oh my God, my brain is so powerful that like, I know logically that this isn't a life-threatening situation. Mm. And my brain is like, listen, we think it is, we're going to take over anyway. Instead of fighting with it, I like, leaned into like, I have a powerful brain. Like, this is an amazing thing. And I suddenly like, what could have like, shattered my confidence and distracted me, Like kind of like empowered me to such a higher level than anything because I was suddenly in tune with my anxiety. I was in tune with my brain. I wasn't fighting it, I was appreciating it. And like, I literally felt like a glittering all over my body. Like, like everything was like super, sensitive as will be the case i literally remember thinking like i feel like beyonce like that's how i feel like what is going on it was like the most fun i've ever had public speaking and like even after that i remember you know like i still do it Mm -hmm. Um, and i'm always like come on anxiety i'm ready for you and now it's like now we're good
0: (laughs) yeah so now you made it like an adrenaline rush you are able to transform something now you look forward to being anxious in a sense right right i just
1: don't have to argue with it anymore and this is like something i see with all of my clients like a lot of the time even you know like as i said a lot of them are looking to create an impact in the world or in their communities or even in their relationships and Mm -hmm. so often they're distracted by fighting the anxiety and the work that we do allows them to show up and create the impact that they want to create, like while managing
0: the anxiety. Right. And for clients who are going through anxiety, have you had any moments or, you know, any experiences with clients that made you think, wow, or were there any riveting points where you were like, oh, that's kind of funny, but okay. Any experiences that made you feel, that anxiety is very unique to every person.
1: I have my clients define anxiety for themselves because there's such a vague definition out there. So for example, someone might tell me that anxiety for them is like tingles up and down their arms and throwing up. Someone else might tell me that anxiety for them is feeling very hot all over, getting red in the face, and and, you know, aggressive heart pounding. Someone else might tell me that it's like a swirling in their stomach and like uh, vibrations in their legs. Mm. so really it is unique for everyone there are common things we know that like these hormones do heighten our senses and they do allow us to run faster for longer what so that that's why there's so much blood pumping and our hearts pumping um, and all of these things but what people focus on can be different so it's definitely Different for different people. I would say one of the most common things that happens, like the funny things that happens um, when I start working with people is like, you know, we do some of the work and then they'll say, okay. Like, I'm just going to book a massage to manage my anxiety. Or a client told me once she was sweeping the floor for two hours to manage her anxiety. Like she couldn't, you know, we think we can't do what we can do. So we like, or we meditate for two hours Like we put everything on hold to like fight with the anxiety. Mm -hmm. I really, what I teach people is how to show up with it exactly like what we spoke about with the public speaking, which doesn't happen overnight. So for anyone listening, that's like, I couldn't absolutely never do that, like, yeah right now you can't do it that's fine but like you totally can it's just like about following the right steps and learning how to Um, but that's one of the funny things is like all the creative ways our brain comes up with to like pander to the anxiety which is only gonna end up fueling it and fueling our fear of it even more obviously the more fear we have about anxiety the more anxiety we have yeah
0: yeah, you're right, and I know a lot of people definitely do have. <laughs> they have many approaches to solving their own anxiety, and like you said, I definitely hear stories about people who continuously get anxious about being anxious. And I know for you, you're someone who specifically works with an anxiety, but there's also another side of procrastination. So why did you choose to go into that area as well? Yeah,
1: so there's definitely a loop between like anxiety and procrastination that we all really miss. So. We feel we, we want to do something, we want to step out of our comfort zone. Anxiety appears to be like, hey, I don't think we should do this. We're going to die. And then we're like, oh, okay, I'm not going to do the thing and we're procrastinating. And then when we procrastinate, we create more anxiety. And as we have more anxiety, we procrastinate more and they just really feed off each other and spiral off each other. And so a lot of us stay safe and play play within our comfort zone. Right. And I think this doesn't just cost people their dreams and their lives and the relationships that they want. I think it literally takes away from the world and the value in solving problems, which is what I spoke about at the beginning. Because we think anxiety is a stop sign. We think we give in to our procrastination or like this is very common we judge ourselves and criticize ourselves because we procrastinate instead yeah. of understanding that our brains are wired to be lazy so i really teach my clients about their brain about how it's motivated about why we say we're going to do something and then we don't do it about why we say we're going to do something and then we freak out and don't want to do it like there's the science behind it and we're never really taught about our brain which is our most powerful tool Great. and understanding that is a like, very empowering alongside having actionable tools to apply and that combination really like moves people a different era like our brains have been around for millions of years in their most com- in their most modern form I think like 40,000 years so our brain like think about our brain's history and technology like, of course right. we're addicted to technology our brain doesn't know what to do it's like hyper curious yes. um, <laughs> like yeah our brains yeah. don't know how to handle technology.
0: Right. And actually, that kind of makes sense how you were able to go with anxiety and procrastination. I recall that you previously mentioned you do a lot of traveling. So why are you such an avid traveler? Yeah.
1: So, I mean, I guess it started when I was 18 and kind of like young enough to just like go for a gap year then i went to university in london and then straight after i wanted to live in sydney australia so i just went for it and then i came back and then new york it just like i think it's because i'm a self-development junkie and (laughs) one of my favorite things is to step out of my comfort zone and I call it like the lazy way to self-development because you literally are jumping into like a new environment where yeah. you suddenly have to make active decisions on who you're going to be socializing with, what you're going to be doing, where you're going to be working, where you're going to be living. Like all of your comfort is taken away from you. And I think like that was kind of what got me into self-development and like, I think it was just, like, the only way I knew how to do that then. And it's just continued. Now, don't get me wrong, in the last year, things have been different. I got married and we had a work opportunities. So we went to Austin, Texas, and then mm-hmm. it finished. We went back to England. And now my husband's a pilot school and it closed in the UK because of COVID. So um. they've moved us to the south of France. So, like, you know, it's. Not, <laughs> I kind of was, like, ready <laughs> to be done with that. And <laughs> it continues. Mm-hmm. But I do think travelling is so wonderful for so many reasons like external and understanding cultures and peoples and relationships but internally I think it really forces you to take responsibility for your life in a way that's scary and requires making mistakes and requires being the person that doesn't know the language and all of this stuff that really can just like build so much confidence and I actually see the same thing in entrepreneurship.
0: I can definitely see that Putting yourself literally in a new environment could be really intimidating.
1: Right. And I feel like, because I was so young when I did it the first time, I wasn't really thinking about it. And then it just like, I just got really good at it by accident. (laughs) Um, Yeah. yeah. But again, like I said, I think a lot of us, We listen to our fears and our anxieties, then we listen to other people's opinions, and then we listen to the news, and and we're like, you know what, I'm just going to stay put. So really, like, I really love helping people live like a full, ambitious, like, active life, full of active choices, and, you know, we're not really taught that,
0: and I think it's a shame. Absolutely. There are definitely many things that practical education, like textbooks, can't teach us experiences mm-hmm. it's very different was there any particular lesson that you've garnered from all of your experiences collectively that you feel like is something important for everyone to consider yeah
1: the the most common thing and this relates to anxiety procrastination or even neither i think uh we're so highly critical of ourselves
0: mm-hmm.
1: um i call it the best friend filter like we know like speak to yourself as you would speak to your best friend but also like apply for the job if you if you would tell your best friend to Uh, set your schedule and your calendar how you would want your best friend to set her schedule and calendar or his schedule and calendar like put that filter to everything in your life because we just spend so much time judging ourselves how we are versus like having that filter of like we're all human anyone listening we all have a human brain there's nothing that you've thought of that no one else has thought of before like i promise you we all think that when So many people come to me and they're like, I'm the one, I'm the strange one, I'm the weird one, I'm the, the, you know, we have this shame and it's like, it's not true because it's literally science. It's like our brains are like a computer that's been programmed, you know, based on like evolution and sociology and like all these different medias and exposures that we've had. Chances are if you've had a thought, no matter what thought, someone else has had it too. And when we spin in self judgment, our primitive brain is very happy because we're staying in that comfort zone. We're distracted from, you know, stepping out and and making active choices for our lives. So I would say expect the self judgment, don't believe it and add that best friend filter on top. You'll see a massive impact just from that.
0: So for someone who might be having anxiety or someone who might have a problem within procrastination, who's constantly feel like their life is being negatively impacted by it, Are there any practical solutions or tips that i know it's different for everyone but is there anything that universally tends to help people in that situation
1: less is more like we want to do 20 different projects at the same time and say yes to everyone so everyone likes us and so that we can like don't do less and do it really well and then you're going to learn the skill of like completing things and as you learn the skill of completing things and being true to your word and getting the things then that you say you're going to do, you can add to it. Whereas most often, I mean, we see all these like extreme diets and extreme workout plans and extreme probably calendaring clubs that I don't know of, I could see that being a thing, um, <laughs> and our brain loves the drama of right. it and it loves the short-term, I, I call it like to-do list, to-do list crack, I just want to like get the other thing done, one more thing, one more thing, instead of thinking like I've actually been working for 60 hours this week for no reason, like I don't want to do that, <laughs> like why could I do that? Yeah. <laughs> so having like a really clean focus on what i actually want to get done and saying no to other things and not stop saying yes to things if you're not going to do them i literally had a client just before this and she's like i've got four things i'm focusing on this month i was like okay she's like "But two of them like i'm a negotiate. they're like it's okay if i don't i was like so why are they even on the list like why are they there <laughs> you can still do them but don't have them on the list it's not like if it's not on the list you're never going to do it like you can still totally say that you're going to exercise Monday to Friday without it being like, I'm committed to it. If you're not committed yeah. to it, take it off the list. Otherwise, once you have like four things on the list and you're not really committed to all of them, the first two are easy to, easy to drop. And then you've taught your brain that you can just drop things from the list. You want to be committed to the things that you're committed to and let everything else just be like, so what if you don't exercise every day this month? doesn't matter. Her, her number one thing was to stop drinking 30 days so I was like that's your number one thing then everything else has to come second to
0: that yeah no obviously I'm someone who's definitely done this I'm sure everyone has done something similar to this <laughs> so for anyone who wants to catch up with you how can our audience keep in touch with you
1: so they can definitely check out my podcast spelled the polite way so f asterisk ck anxiety and if they type that in that will come up and also you can hang out with me on instagram where i do little videos which is at vicky louise which is v-i-k-k-i-l-o-u-i-s-e and then three underscores (laughs) Um, and also um, you can go to my website which is just vicky louise.com and if you go to vicky louise.com forward slash guide you can download the free guide
0: amazing and I'm sure that it's going to be so, so helpful for so many people out there. And actually, Vicky, I love your podcast. I'm a huge fan. You have such perfect lengths of episodes with so many practical tips that anyone can use in any situation. So for all our listeners, for all of our audience, please go check out Vicky. She has the most amazing tips and advice for anyone who's going through something. Hey, if you're having a good time, you may also want to learn more about it to understand people around you. It's always a good thing to learn more about the world. Thank you so much for being on with Joy Vicky. It's been such a pleasure having you. Thank you so
1: much for having me. It's been so fun.
0: With all that was said, remember that mental health is universal yet so unique to everyone. And at the end of the day, you are not alone and your perception and way of living will always be within your control. Next week, we'll have Vanessa McConkie, the founder of Top Lines Resumes, LLC, podcast host of Designing the Best You, and a published author alongside Forbes with a new book coming in early fall. Follow us at WithJoy on Instagram and WithJoy on Facebook. All episodes are released every Wednesday and our YouTube segments are released every Friday. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you all next week.